there's always a changing of a guard, you know, when, when time moves on. And Putin's obviously recognized a weak uh, a chink in our armor, I'll tell you that. You know, so maybe he takes advantage of this. You know, I've been, I've been watching the ruble. I've been watching it for uh, six or eight weeks now with the, the unfolding of things. You know, the ruble plummeted in value early on in the Ukraine crisis. But you look since, uh, I think, about the third week in March, the ruble has strengthened, okay? You look at, uh, you know, they basically fixed the price of gold at 5,000 rubles per gram. And that has had a profound effect on, on the value of the ruble. It's really stabilized the ruble uh, by pinning it to gold. Um, boy, if, uh, we would be so bright here in the West to, to do that. I think uh, you'd see some very, very dramatic things happen for the better. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not happening. We're, we're still trying to use the political clout that we did with when we had, you know, the dollar was the, the be all and end all. That's not happening anymore. It's changing. Welcome to this RTD interview. Today, I'm excited I have returning guest, Dr. Quentin Henney, an economic geologist as well as a key investor in a variety of resource companies. Today, Quentin joins us to share his thoughts on the economy, global financial system, as well as recent updates in the mining space. So, Quentin, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you? I am excellent. Excited to connect. As I mentioned, it's been a while since we've talked, but uh, looking forward to getting caught up on what's been happening in your world as well as getting your thoughts on all the things happening around us. But uh, before we do that, if you don't mind, give us a brief snippet for those that might be new to the community, a little bit of your background and how you've got to this point in your career. Yeah, look, uh, I guess my title is a, a you know career is economic geologist. It's really a fancy word for a modern day prospector. And I've been working in the mining industry for about 40 years now. I started working uh, underground in a gold mine here in Colorado when I was 16. I worked there through university in the summers and then uh then I went on and did my master's PhD at School of Mines, uh, went to work for major mining companies, including Homestake, Newcrest, and Newmont. And about 2007, I decided to venture out into the junior space because uh, that's really where the, the future of exploration is, is situated. So I moved over into the junior world, 2007, been in that for about 14 or 15 years now. And more recently, I've joined Crescat Capital as their uh, technical and geologic director uh, to advise him on investing in junior mining companies. All right. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate you for sharing that. And uh, definitely lots of things going down since we've last connected. But uh, given where we're at now, April 2022, uh, what's your current assessment of the, of, of the global economy as well as economy here? And what concerns you, what excites you? Let's just start off with that, if you don't mind. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, the appropriate word for the past few days is volatile. I mean, it's just been an absolute... Uh, Roller coaster on all levels, uh, commodities, but also the stocks and bonds and stuff. Everything is shaking up right now. And in currencies in particular, you know, I notice more big movements in currencies lately than I think I've seen, you know, in a long, long time, perhaps in decades. You know, there's a lot of stuff moving and where it's all going to land, nobody knows exactly. But uh, I, you know, I can tell you there's seven point what six billion people on earth. And we all need stuff. And in fact, many people are, are needing more and more stuff as they, they uh, you know, rise up the, the ranks and become part of the middle class. So, you know, commodities, really good place to be. Uh, I think the fiscal system is suffering. 
badly from debt, 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 debt. I mean, you know, you compare now to the 1970s. Yeah, we got inflation. You know, yeah, it looks like 1973, 74, something like that. The difference is we have a huge amount of debt, which is not the case back then. But uh, I think we're going to see some profound uh, changes uh, here soon, whether it's, uh, you know, a a reintroduction of a a standard like precious metals. Don't know. Um, You know, there's certainly... A lot of people talking about Bitcoin and you know other um, digital currencies, maybe. But uh, we have a lot of interesting times ahead. All right, uh, we will definitely be in for some interesting things before the end of this year, in my opinion. But uh, how much of what we're experiencing? Of course, I think it has a lot to do with the uh, the inability of the central banking model to actually, uh, I guess, accomplish what it was set out to do, or maybe perhaps it is. But with the Federal Reserve looking to pull off the ultimate, I, guess, I call it trifecta, which is to dial back all the accommodative policies, draw down the balance sheet, as well as raise interest rates. How much, how much of that, that, those policies there are you think will play a major role into where we're heading this year or not? Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of like back in math class when you get a question and it's just impossible to answer. Uh, <laughs> you throw your hands up and say, I don't know. Um, but look, in short, it's going to be impossible for there to be uh, a solution here that addresses everything that you just mentioned. Okay, there's no way. There's no way they can unwind the balance sheet in a, in a meaningful way. Okay, it, it, who's going to buy? Who's going to buy these bonds? Hey, okay? like you know, right now, bonds are being sold. The international holders of our bonds are are selling and. That pressure has resulted in some very serious implications here. Look at the look at the yields, uh, especially the longer term yields, like thirty years. Like they're breaking out; they're they're truly breaking out from uh, a forty year channel. Uh, that is astounding. Okay, we are going to see some major shifts. This is basically it's like reading a book, and we're definitely turning the page and on a new chapter here. Um, where it lands, like. Central banking has been around now for a little over 100 years, and and it's long a tooth. I mean, basically, the fiat money system is part and parcel of that that whole picture. You know, this debt based system. It it only it every fiat system has a lifespan, and usually it's about 80 years. I think this one has run its course. We've accumulated a heap of debt, and there's not a lot of options in front of us. So that's I, I you know personally I feel where I've put myself in my career, you know, I'm in this position in the gold space where I think, uh, you know, I've been waiting basically a lifetime for this opportunity to come. It's truly going to be a good time for the gold miners. Right. I do agree. And so I'm definitely looking forward to getting more thoughts on that. And so the lifespan aspect, everything has a lifespan. And so we're I got obviously transitioning out of something old and then something new. We'll find out what's a part of that. You hinted at earlier some of the uh, the digital the digital luring that's going on with the, you know, the Bitcoin space and things of that nature. But in getting to that point, I think we're expecting some type of uh, correction, crash, whatever it might be called when it hits officially. You mentioned the bond, you know, the yield curve inversion, things of that nature, usually signals a recession, in your opinion, this upcoming event, if there is one, how will this unfold and how will this differ from prior events, in your opinion? Because usually everything sells off, including metals, and that could be problematic as well. Or could we expect something different? Look, I think on the short term, we're actually seeing some of those uh, effects that you're talking about. In other words, as you know, we see problems arise, you know, in China, for example, 
uh, or with the Russia-Ukraine situation, <clears throat> I think that you're seeing in, in the sell-off in the stock market here recently, you are seeing kind of a bit of panic and you see people, uh, you know, also, whether it's because of margin calls or what, I don't know, but they're, they're also selling down commodities, at least briefly. But I think in the long haul, commodities are going to be the place to be. You know, that, that underlying thesis is, is solid as a rock, in my view. Yes, you're going to have to have a lot of intestinal fortitude to get through this time because it will be volatile. There's no question. But I think at the end of the day, you know, given there's only so much stuff on earth and the demand is not subsiding, I think you will see commodities do well over the long haul. You know, the five to 10 years uh, period in front of us, it's going to be very good for the commodity space. All right. I do agree. And in your opinion, how much of the commodity space uh, is, is being reshaped or repriced rather based upon the events happening out with uh, Ukraine and Russia with, you know, it looks like Putin wants to bring uh ruble back into play for oil and then gold is being mentioned and there are central bankers looking to get back in the gold, you know, acquisition space directly by pricing it a little bit differently than what is currently done in the West. What are your thoughts on that? Well, look, uh, it is interesting. I mean, this, this reminds me of, uh, you know, the period when the dollar was in flux back in, in the early 1970s. Now, you know, the U.S. Uh, had a lot of political clout at the time, and they were able to establish the, you know, the petrodollar. And that, that's persisted for, what, nearly 50 years now. Well, there's always a changing of a guard, you know, when, when time moves on. And, and maybe, you know, Putin's obviously recognized a weak uh, a chink in our armor, I'll tell you that. You know, so maybe he takes advantage of this. You know, I've been, I've been watching the ruble. I've been watching it for uh, six or eight weeks now with the, the unfolding of things. You know, ruble plummeted in value early on in the Ukraine crisis. But you look since, uh, I think, about the third week in March, the ruble has strengthened, okay? You look at, uh, you know, they basically fixed the price of gold at $5,000, uh, or sorry, 5,000 rubles per gram. And that has had a profound effect on on the value of the ruble. It's really stabilized the ruble uh, by pinning it to gold. Um, boy, if, uh, we would be so bright here in the West to, to do that. I think uh, you'd see some very, very dramatic things happen for the better. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not happening. We're, we're still trying to use the political clout that we did with when we... We had, you know, the dollar was the, the be all and end all. That's not change, uh, happening anymore. It's changing. Things are changing. And I think uh, people are not uh, appreciative of having dollars either in the form of currency or bonds, U.S. denominated bonds, because of this situation. You know, they, they see risk around holding uh, dollars and other foreign currencies as well as uh, bonds and denominated in dollars. That's that's not good. That's not good for anyone in the West, especially. I think you will see uh, a very, very different world in a few years. All right, I do agree. Now, I just want to get your thoughts real quick. We are in a, in a here in the U.S., we're in a political cycle again. We have the midterms coming up and uh, there's been a shift of the overall uh, two party narrative, left, right, Democrat, Republican. Everyone seems to be uh, vying, vying for everyone's attention, I guess, in, in anticipation of there being some type of change in your current viewpoint, based upon your long-term viewpoints on politics, fiscal policy and things of that nature, is there anything that can be done in DC? Will there, will there be done anything, anything in DC from a fiscal standpoint that could help 
or is it is it too late as well in your opinion i think the overall trajectory is unfortunately it's it's a bit too late um but that's not to say the immediate situation can't be improved um perhaps we do see people who who come back in and you know are truly fiscally conservative and try to 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 rectify this situation look uh you know the late 1970s looked quite dire uh you know if you might be too young to remember but those of us who are around during that period you know it was rather bleak and in the us uh you know on the international front uh was also quite vulnerable that we had the iran hostage crisis in the late 1970s and stuff you know and and inflation was rampant okay so we're kind of back in that place you know it did change it did improve dramatically in the early 1980s uh pol- the political wind shifted and it did improve maybe we go back into a renaissance like that that would be great that would be great that would actually be good for gold mining too believe it or not a lot of people say oh my gosh you know i you know i i want gold to be 5000 hold on a minute no you, what you want is you want to make good money at gold okay and what happened in the early 1980s this is going to sound very contrary to to a lot of the the people's uh, you know what they have in their head their theses in their head but when when uh, we saw a conservative a fiscally conservative government come back in in the early 1980s raise interest rates basically shoot inflation and you know it reined it in very quickly over about a two year period Inflation went from plus ten percent down to, you know, down to a more modest, say five or six percent. Well, the cost of production started to get under control, and you saw an era from the early nineteen eighties to the mid nineteen nineties, and really, and, and even into the early two thousands, when the cost of production for gold, in particular, was fairly stable. You know, mm-hmm. uh, mining companies could produce gold for hundred, two hundred bucks an ounce. Yes, gold was trading at 250 to 400 for that period, but that was good money. And, and we need to see that come back. If gold does go up, great. But we also need to see the stability around the costs of producing gold, you know, come back in. Because if, if we're always chasing the bus here, you know, in terms of cost, it doesn't matter if gold goes to $3,000 an ounce or $5,000 an ounce or $10,000. If, if diesel's like going up, doubling every year, and you know wages are going up every year, and and everything else is going up every year. You gotta you gotta make money, and, and you know so inflation's not necessarily good for money. Not one hundred percent good for money. <laughs> right, right. A lot, of, a lot of people, you know, in the community talk about you know, you know this is it's, it's, it's a small few, but they're saying I can't wait till this stuff blows up and you know gold silver takes off, and we you know we we people who are aware and awake you know who took precautions before this would be in better position i'm thinking like well in the in, in the end it's, it sounds go. good but then again the world around you will be as possibly such chaos that it wouldn't be as comfortable as it is now uh yeah. but yet you, as as people who are awake and aware you can do the best you can to prepare but you can't uh predict the future ultimately so we know how things have unfolded in, in prior times and in what's happening in countries now venezuela zimbabwe People who've uh, protected themselves via the hedges, i.e. gold, silver, did better off in the long run. But, you know, once again, we're in uncharted waters altogether. But as a geologist, you know, real quick, and then I'm curious to get into, you know, Blue Lagoon, because, you know, you put you put a heavy you put you you put you put a heavy uh, you went deep. You went heavy into, uh, I guess, your 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 confidence in the company there. So I'm definitely gonna get to that. 
But out of the ground now, gold to silver. We talked a lot about gold, but silver is is right there. It's gold's little brother in a sense. Uh, will the returns or expectations for silver be that much greater, you think, because it's been suppressed for so long and it's nowhere near its all-time high and, you know, not adjusted for inflation, of course. But what, what are your thoughts on that real quick on silver? You know, if you look at the, the rising gold price from January 2001 to September 2011, it went from $256 an ounce up to 1900 It actually topped out a little over 1900 That's a seven-fold increase. Now, silver was running about seven bucks. Uh, and, and by the way, gold it currently is about 1900 So in other words, since the you know the ultimate low back in January 2001, so now we're at a seven, a multiple of seven. So hold that thought. Now silver, silver was actually hovering around this you know six or seven dollar range in that in that at that same time period. Has it gone up sevenfold? No, it hasn't yet, and and so it is lagging behind. Um, silver, funny enough, is probably uh, more of money than of a money monetary metal than gold is. If you if you step back and think about it. Like back in the old days when people used coinage primarily, uh, silver was what people had in their pockets. You know, very rarely did you see somebody actually have gold coins. You know, that was a lot of money. You know, so silver coins were the the common man's money. You know, if if we went back to that, if we pegged, you know, somehow on, on silver, it'd be very interesting because right now we use we we actually have a, a supply deficit. We use all the silver that's produced every year. You know, something like 830 million ounces of silver a year is produced. I remember when people were screaming, they were saying, oh, my gosh, you know, uh, back in the day when the, the camera was shifting to the digital camera and we stopped using photographic film, which was really what consumed a lot of silver. Everybody said, oh, silver's dead. Done. It's dead. And you did see, you know, a depressed silver price there. But now the industrial metal, the consumption, the, the number of people we have on Earth uh, today the silver demand is huge. Okay. And it, it ain't going away. So yes, I do think silver will catch up there. You know, it's, it's largely a byproduct of, of lead and zinc mining some, some copper mining too. But uh, I think you're going to see silver catch up in a big fat way. And when it happens, don't quite know, but I would say sometime within the next year to three years, I would expect it to double from the current price level. Interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that. So let, let's dive in. And so I, I saw a tweet, uh, I think about a week ago or so, and it, and it was re- referring to the fact that you, as an investor in Blue Lagoon Resources, you decided to reallocate more capital, basically just showing your confidence in the company there. If you don't mind, share with us a little bit of what what, what, put, what made you put more skin in the game. Yeah, and if, for those who yeah. may not be familiar, just give us a little bit about Blue, Blue Lagoon Resources. Well, first of all, our investment thesis is to put money into exploration companies that have district-scale land packages, but they also have the geology that could prove a multi-million ounce gold discovery or silver or whatever metal they're looking for. Okay, so we have to find stuff that is kind of swing-for-the-fence type uh, exploration story. And I felt Blue Lagoon had that potential. Why? Because the geology, after I got to know the, the company a little better, and I talked with Bill Cronk. In fact, he came down here to Denver. We had a, an entire day together discussing the geology of the project. Uh, I became convinced that the, the system is one of these unicorn-type alkaline gold systems uh, that could generate you know, a very complex but very high-grade vein system, so sheeted veins. And the thesis was simple go out and drill some of these structural zones, in particular this chance structural zone, and see if there's a bunch of veins there. I mean, it was that simple. They've now done that. They started drilling last fall. 
they drilled up to last um, the end of last year, and then they started again uh, early this year on their 22, 2022 program. It is year-round access, by the way. So they have drilled a huge number of holes. Why? Because they're hitting veins. They're hitting routinely hitting high-grade veins, uh, just like we planned. So when I see that, I like to increase the stake. I like to increase our exposure. You know, the the, the company's doing what they said they would do. They're hitting high-grade veins. Uh, maybe the market doesn't recognize it yet, but that all the better for us because we can come in and, and increase our stake. We've done this over and over again. Okay, we have an, a long list of companies in which we've done this. Uh, Goliath is a great example. We came in, uh, the company went out and drilled. Market was like, oh, this is new. This is interesting. Well, guess what? We increased our stake, and now it's worth like sixfold times where we came in. I want to see the same thing for Blue Lagoon. I think I think we will, but I think there's a lot of upside from there too. I, this is a clearly it's going to be a, a significant new high grade discovery. All right now, now so the fact that you you feel very confident in Blue Lagoon. So how let us know how how difficult it is. And so you know as a geologist, you you know understand the ground and everything beneath it a lot better than the average person. So you know I assume that has a lot to do with your confidence in it because of what you've seen in the ground. Share with us a little bit more if you don't mind the details of the uh, discoveries. I, I think that's a dome mountain sure. project, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the dome mountain project. Look, uh, it resembles uh, a few deposits around the world. Not a huge number of these things, but it resembles the Beritica deposit in Colombia and the Porger deposit in New Guinea, uh, Kelly deposit in Indonesia, uh, and a few others. Okay, like there's one here in Colorado called Cripple Creek. It reminds me of, of that type of deposit. These are deep rooted systems, they can go down a kilometer and a half or two easily. No, no problem. Uh, they tend to have multiple structures, so they tend to have sheeted veins. So, like one vein after another occurs in the ground, very close proximity to one another. Uh, they tend to have uh, a pretty restricted footprint in terms of overall size, maybe a kilometer across. But given the the density of veins and the the vertical extent of these things, they can generate millions of ounces of gold. Uh, Beritica, I think, it was ten million ounces at the time Continental sold to the Chinese a few years ago. Uh, let's see, Porter has produced on the order of, uh, I believe, around 29 million ounces so far, and it's got plenty of upside from there. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say, oh, that's a little crazy talk. You know, right in the middle of BC, surely somebody would have found this thing before. Not so sure myself. I think uh, these systems, they, they tend to be subtle, and, and if people don't understand them, they can easily be missed. So, you know, stay tuned. Maybe... Maybe these guys find a multi-million ounce gold system uh, right here in in one of the best jurisdictions in the world to mine. All right. Now, would you say that you know, despite all the the unpleasant news uh, hitting the gold as far as uh, the amount of debt and all the things that uh, from the political sphere as well as the fiscal monetary policy colliding, the mining space where the, historically speaking, gold and silver being money, where it comes from, that sector moving forward will do well, will be a benefactor of all this malfeasance taking place in the monetary and political sphere because it's real, it's tangible, and it's still needed in this current time. So the mining space, in your opinion, I assume looking forward is due for us, as some people say, the super cycle, or are we in that now, or or what do you think? Well, we're going into it. Is it. We're in the early stages. We haven't seen a lot of the normal things that one would expect in one of these cycles pan out yet, okay? Like they, they, are, they have yet to come, like the big M&A uh, stage. We haven't seen that yet. Yeah, we've seen some M&A lately, but not 
not like you would expect in a full-on boom. And I think that's still a year or two or three away. Don't know how far. Maybe it's four or five. I don't know. But uh, but it we're, we're in early innings. We're we're seeing junior companies, you know, especially explorers, starting to get traction in terms of their share price here just lately. Yeah, they started to creep up. Look at the look at some of the indices like GDXJ and stuff. They started to break out. Yeah, they pulled back in the past week or so. It was you know like gold is gold is a classic you know uh, sucker punch uh, <laughs> kind of uh, investment here. You know, two uh, Monday last week, so uh, about eight days ago, gold touched two thousand. Everybody was like, "Game on, booyah!" You know, we're we're all uh, ready to to rock and roll here. And by the end of the week, it's back down to nineteen thirty, and then to you know yesterday and today, it's down to nineteen hundred. It's not the end of the world, okay? It's a pullback, uh, but uh, you know it 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 doesn't just go straight up. So you got to understand that if you're investing in this space. But over the long haul, what you said earlier is exactly right. The gold miners should do well uh, if you see gold prices outpace the cost of production, and then the cost of production at some point in the future stabilize, such that you have high margins in this industry for a long period. You'll see a new new generation of uh, of gold mining, and what do the miners need? They need discoveries. Okay, the junior companies, these companies like Blue Lagoon, they're making discoveries that are going to be the next generation of mines for the miners. Mm, interesting. Well, Quentin, as always, it is good to connect with you to get your thoughts on you know where we're at and where things are heading, and as well as updates with Blue Lagoon. If you don't mind, it was it was anything I missed perhaps that you might want to bring to the forefront with Blue Lagoon. Anything? Uh, future expectations, anything coming up that's uh, worth noting? I, yeah, well, I guess the one thing I would say is I think they have a lot of holes, maybe, you know, on the order of 40 holes in the laboratory right now. You know, it it is uh, often, it's very seldom that you see, I should say, it's very seldom that you see a company drill that aggressively such that they don't have assays in hand so that they can, you know, judge and, uh, you know, reorient their drill program going forward. But what it tells me is, uh, the geologists there must be seeing in the core, seeing very good evidence that they have, you know, they continue to hit these veins. So I'm very optimistic that in this next round of holes that they have coming over six months or so, we're going to see a lot of news coming out of this company. That's, that's good. Very high grade results. All right, sounds good. Well, once again, I appreciate you for taking time to join us. And of course, I'll probably have uh, Rana Vig, the uh, director over there, on again. And of course, I'll put all the information for Blue Lagoon beneath this video here. But other than that, it's always good to connect with you and uh, continue to stay at it. And hopefully, have you on sooner and uh, get your thoughts on where we're at and also keeping us plugged in with what's coming out of the ground. So I think a lot of people on this channel are definitely interested in finding out. So uh, once again, thanks for joining us on RTD Interviews. Thank you, Mike.